Hey everybody, this is Atkins. And this is Adam. And we are welcoming you to another episode of Kyo Cinema. And before we jump into uh, the two Dragon Ball Z products that we're going to be covering, or like one and a half-ish, 1.25. Can we reduce 1. the second one to less than a quarter of, <laughs> of a movie? It's, it's uh, only 20 minutes long. That's about the quarter of a movie. Yeah, but quality-wise is what I was really getting at. Um, oh, man. It's getting into it early. Stay tuned to hear <laughs> why it is that Adam <laughs> and I are discontented about the episode of Bardock. Um before we get into that, though, we did want to make a little bit of a, a of an announcement. If you've been uh, a longtime listener of Kyo Cinema, all six episodes at this point, then you will have noticed uh, a slight change in the way that we introduce ourselves and the product that we're releasing. We have ceased saying that we are produced uh, by the Back Patio Network, and there is reason for that that I'm going to let Adam explain. Yeah, so as most of you probably know, I'm a longtime founder of the BPN, and Adkins was a longtime member of the BPN, and we had all these other shows going on, but it turns out that there is a lot of work behind running a big business like that. So my wife, Hannah, and I, who she was in multiple of our other shows, uh, decided we wanted to kind of take a step back from all of the work and just kind of have our own show. So Kyo Cinema is that for me, and Almighty Podcast is also that, where there's not so much going on, and uh, we got a lot more free time and able to be with the family. You know, we've got a little kid that's growing up, so just kind of moving away from the big uh, studio scene and just kind of having a small time podcast where we don't have to rely on a Patreon or anything like that. It's all just off of us and... So to say all that, that's why we are no longer behind a Patreon. So if you signed up and decided to contribute to the BPN specifically for this podcast, you no longer have to do that. It is 100% completely free. Of course, if you're listening to this, you already know that because you've got it through whatever your favorite podcast player is. Uh, but we just now are going to be relying on you know your word of mouth. So if you really enjoy the show and you want more people to listen, please tell everybody. Uh, that is how this show is supported. We we love keeping it up and running because we love all the friends that listen. And so the best way to keep us going is to tell a friend. And do join our Discord. The uh, BPN folks are awesome. They have decided to continue hosting our Discord. It's actually listed as Almighty Podcast in the other podcast discussions area. But you know those folks over at BPN are awesome and. Please, if you uh, love their shows, continue supporting them. Yeah, and you can support us just by, you know, following us at Almighty Pod on Twitter. That is where we release all things Almighty Pod and Kyo Cinema. Uh, and one of the other benefits uh, of being out from behind a Patreon wall is that Kyo Cinema is a rateable podcast on iTunes. And uh, so if you would be so kind as to go and give us a, a rating, and that, that might boost our visibility uh, and that's that's a, a kindness that you can pay towards us. That's all we're really looking for is a little bit of love and a lot of community over there in the Discord channel. And you can find a link to that as a uh, as a part of a pinned tweet at Almighty Pod on Twitter. So go look us up, join us in the Discord, talk all things uh, My Hero and Dragon Ball Z and I don't it really any kind of anime other gets animes. Up in there. Yeah, oh yeah, lots and lots. Yeah, I was talking about a uh, Chainsaw Man because I had read an article talking about how Chainsaw the I guess the author of Chainsaw Man was like working on Dragon Ball Super or something and was super excited to be working on it. Like he was just talking about, or I guess they, I don't know it's a he, they were talking about how uh, just excited they were to be able to work on a project as big as Dragon Ball. And so I was like, oh man, Chainsaw Man, I got to look into that. And hey, I got a Discord full of folks that have likely read it. Let's go talk about it there. We've uh, we got a lot of great folks in the Discord. Chainsaw Man just sounds like a title I would enjoy. I know. Doesn't that have a cool name to it? It really does. It yeah. really does. You know what um, doesn't have such a great name? Dragon Ball Bardock, Z, Father colon, of Goku? Bardock, hyphen, the father of Goku. What a stinking mouthful that movie is. Even if yeah. you drop the punctuation, it's just a lot. It is a lot. But could you have come up with something better? Did you have another name in hand, maybe? I think you could have just made it, you know, the uh, the story of Bardock or story the legend of Bardock. Of Bardock yeah. the, the last stand of Bardock. There's a hundred ways that you could have cut half the words out of that title. <laughs> That's totally fair. Yeah, the titles, I make them more clunky just to be silly with, uh, you know, the Dragon Ball, including the Dragon Ball Z colons at the beginning of everything. But they throw a hyphen, an extra punctuation mark in the middle of this one, too. It's just <laughs> yeah, exasperatingly really long. But uh, this one came out in Japan uh, initially. Oh, I forgot. I had this in my notes. Listen to the Japanese title. It's even crazier. You ready? Yeah. It's a final solitary battle, colon, the father of Z-Warrior Son Goku, comma, who challenged Frieza. Oh my god. To be fair, if it came out today, that's what it'd be named. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You're talking about like super ridiculously long named anime. Yeah. It yeah. does. It does that happen. Totally. 
Well, this was released in Japan initially um, on October 17th, 1990. And I spent some time trying to figure out like where during the production of Dragon Ball Z, the anime, this fell. Because I think that's an interesting thing to note. Like the story that is told in this OVA uh, is integral as a part of a major like story point Absolutely. for Dragon Ball Z. Here's what I found. Uh, the episode that Vegeta learns that Frieza blew up Planet Vegeta is episode 78 of Dragon Ball Z Fighting Power colon 1 million. Um, and it actually shows Bardock being obliterated by uh, the uh, the Nova, the supernova that uh, Frieza ends up throwing. That aired on February 13th, 1991. So you're talking about four or five months later. There's an episode where Frieza explicit, explicitly mentions Bardock to Goku which is episode 86, The End of Vegeta, which aired on four, uh, April 10th, 1991, which was my fourth birthday, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was reading something about this. Like one of the uh, canonical issues, I guess, people had with this was that in the movie, Bardock sees Goku standing in front of Frieza's first form. And they were like, that's not possible because Goku never saw Frieza's first form in the manga or in the TV show. And the way that uh, it was explained in the article that I had read was that they didn't know that Goku wouldn't see Frieza's first form because the first chapter that that was released in apparently had Goku and Frieza's first forms on the front cover. So they just assumed, which was why that they've got that there. Uh, Also, because Bardock didn't know the other forms, obviously. Right. How could he have imagined a form of Frieza that he couldn't see is an argument. However, how could he have imagined the... quote unquote adult form of Goku too, which he hadn't seen at that point. Well, it's not too far of a stretch. You look in a mirror and you've got Goku. Yeah, he's just projecting himself, right? Yeah. He's just but like, he also Sure, my son's gonna look exactly like me. That makes all the sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, but he also saw like King Piccolo and several other villains so that he never had seen before. So it's possible that, you know, yeah, the psychic they... powers are And there's some explanation for all that, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, Absolutely. I will say this. One of the biggest things going for uh, this movie is that its timeline is not difficult and it could be easily entirely canonical. Oh, yeah. Out of all of the movies we'll watch, this one is the easiest one to argue that it is canonical for, in fact, almost any of the movies and the TV show and the manga. Like one of the cool things about it is that Akira Toriyama himself loved this so much that he wrote Bardock into the manga. So he's shown up a handful of times. In fact, he rewrote the story kind of entirely uh, to be very similar to Superman's story in a shoot off of the Jocko manga that's out there. I think it's named Jocko, the Galactic Patrolman. Hmm. Uh, There was a bonus chapter named Dragon Ball Minus, where he basically rewrote the story and added extra details. In fact, he gave Bardock a wife named uh, Gain, and Goku is a little bit older in that series instead of a newborn. They effectively decide to send Goku to Earth to get him away from planet Vegeta. So it's very close to Superman. Um, you know, that I think Kira Toriyama has pulled from other kind of Western comics before for storylines, so it makes sense. Yeah, so the Bardock's wife's name is, or mate, I don't know that they're married, but... They actually are married, and that is one of the really interesting things is Saiyans don't typically marry, but for some reason, they have decided to get married. They had like a really, really tight bond, which Saiyans don't normally do that from what I was reading. Yeah, well, her her name is pronounced Gine, I think. Is it Gine? Yeah, Yeah. but uh, so a lot of that of what you just talked about is covered at the beginning of the uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly movie that we'll get to in about five years. And um, Bardock has shown up recently in the Dragon Ball Super manga as well. Um, there's been this, yeah. the, the newest arc has seen this uh, character who is, uh, his name is Granola and his race is the Cerulians. It's just like cereal with, but a race. And uh, it turns out that Bardock was actually, um, the, the, the whole kind of plot without spoiling too much was Granola was convinced that the Saiyans wiped out his race. But it turns out that a Saiyan, this specific Saiyan, Bardock, um, was actually there and saved um, his his mother and himself very early on. So it's been cool to see Bardock back um, in the pages of uh, a modern manga as well. He's such a cool character. He's fun to play in he Dragon is. Ball Fighters too. Yeah, he has been in a bunch of the games. Like he was actually one of the main villains for one of the games. I think uh, I don't remember exactly which one, but uh, they man they've used Bardock a lot, and he's he's a cool character. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into the movie, man? Yeah, well, this one takes place, this movie resumes or picks up the day after Goku is born. Um, So according to the wikis, that's either age 736 or 737, depending on if you're 
talking about what the manga says or what the anime says, but we open up on uh, planet Vegeta to an unheralded and unattended and unclothed Kakarot, uh, just a naked Goku, which is a common, a disturbingly common occurrence in these Dragon Ball Z movies. It's just a naked Saiyan or half Saiyan, uh, or hybrid Saiyan child. The Saiyans uh, are very comfortable in their bodies. That's right. They're very, po- <laughs> yeah, they're very body positive. Uh, but uh, this, this, they're, he's being attended by these two uh, Saiyan. They're not Medics? Saiyans themselves. They're kind of, uh, they're just working for Frieza or or for the the Saiyan race, I guess. Uh, and they they're commenting about this baby, and they they make a comment about how it's the son of Bardock, so it can't be that strong. He's got to be this lower class baby, uh, this son of a lower class warrior. But this other one's like, but he cries real good. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, that's the mark of strength, I guess, for a Saiyan. Apparently so, and they, they scan him, and he's not all that special. And then we get the intro, like, logo. There's no cool intro music for this, but Funimation paid out the wazoo to have a bunch of 90s bands do background music for it. Like, some 41 is in it, and a handful of other 90s bands, so I don't know why they couldn't play Rock the Dragon or something. Yeah, I, I, I just remember the last thing that happens in that scene is the guy who's like, he cries real good, says, Kakarot, remember that name. And I just have in my notes... Even he won't remember that name. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Especially when he's literally laying right next to Broly, who's born with a power level of like 10,000. <laughs> right. I know that that was, you know, not included in this movie and totally redone later, but still, it's just kind of one of those funny things like that didn't age well. But we zoom in on Planet Kanasa, where there are all of these locals talking about the full moon and how they've got to prepare for this moment that they've all been waiting for. And we, we see the full moon and then we see the great apes attack and destroy the city. And, you know, there's one of the Canossians or the Canossans that are saying uh, that they've got to see it through till the end. They've got to do their duty. And they actually mark one of the great apes that we know as the Saiyan warriors. Uh, and they, the Saiyan warriors just wreck this whole planet. And we transition to the next morning where they've woken up. They're back in their battle suits. Uh, well, I guess not back in because they stretch whenever they turn into right. the great ape form. Uh, but they're they're recollecting their thoughts and they're talking about like whether or not they remember it. And, you know, I mentioned in the last episode uh, that we covered Tree of Might, that that movie would have been way better if Turles had just turned into a great ape and wrecked Earth. Or if we had seen a great ape fight, we get so much great ape action in this movie. I love it. Uh, but I brought up this exact thing. Like, it's interesting that some of the Saiyans remember their time when they're transformed and others don't appear to remember anything at all. And they're kind of poking at Bardock about this, saying, like, there's no way he remembers being in the ape form. He doesn't even remember when his son was born. Yeah, he Bardock is accused of remembering, whereas Fasha and Borgos and Shugesh, they're like, we don't really recall very much. Like, one of them remembers, I think it's Shugesh, remembers the guy who shot him in the face. And like, we, I'll go ahead and talk about voice casting here because I complain about it in my notes. We don't really get any new voices in this particular movie. Um, all of these voices of the major characters, at least, are folks that we've seen before. So, like, Sonny Strait, who's played Krillin previously, is Bardock. Uh, Mike McFarland, who has been Master Roshi, is Tora. Fasha is played by Linda Young, who is also Frieza. Um, and, yeah. and is Frieza for a long time until Chris Ayer, Ayers, I think is how you pronounce his name, takes over in Kai and onward. Um, and he was recently deceased, which was a, a sad bit of news this year. Yeah, um, joke. Borgos was done by Christopher Sabat, which I was shocked to find out because I have in my notes that Fasha's voice and, Borg- uh, and uh, Borgos's voices are terrible in this movie. They just really? sound bad. Yes, especially Fasha's. It sounds like she's talking through uh, like a like a voice changer that pitches it up a little bit and makes it almost robotic sounding. I, I thought I had a bad dub of it at first. Um, That's interesting. I didn't feel like I had that problem with mine. Yeah. I don't, I, I downloaded the thing a, a, like legit official support from iTunes release of this thing. Uh, we'll talk about the time I tried to watch it on YouTube shortly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the voices were also bad there. Well, to be fair, this was also Funimation's first Dragon Ball Z project uh, with all of their voices, is my understanding. So we've already talked about their first Dragon Ball movie. This was their first Dragon Ball Z production. Yeah. Borgos doesn't say much, but in this scene, he's just like, boo, 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 boo. And I was just like, what (laughs) even is that voice? And then I saw it was Christopher Sabat. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, his voices are usually great. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's funny. Shugesh is uh, Chris Rager, who we've also had as a voice before. He's a guy that voices like Mr. Satan and some side characters we'll come to see in this video as well. 
Absolutely. Well, Shugesh just wanting to know why they were even at this planet, and Bardock is the one that says, like, well, I don't know, Frieza says it's got some kind of special energy or something, and Tor goes on to explain that if you live on this planet, you're supposed to be able to read minds or tell the future or something like that. But what's interesting is in the original Japanese release, they had no idea why they were there or why Frieza wanted this planet at all. So that was a huge Funimation change. So they added that in the English? Yeah, apparently so. So the, so what is about to happen was just a big old surprise to the Saiyan yeah. band? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Apparently they had no idea why they were there, and they thought it was really weird that they were able to wreck the planet so easily. Interesting. Yeah, so they're, they're interrupted. They're talking about these psychic powers and about how you can develop these powers or read minds and see the future, and they're saying that they definitely don't want Frieza to do that thing. Uh, when this alien erupts from the rubble, one of the Kanasans, and he shouts, I wish you baboons could read minds so you could hear the thoughts of my troops as you slaughtered them, to which I just put in my notes, that's racist. They get away, like, <laughs> people are just able to racially slur Saiyans left and right in Dragon Ball Z. It's wild. It's, yeah, it's kind of not a big deal. And I think it's like everyone in the galaxy pretty much thinks the Saiyans are gutter trash. So they don't have a problem with it. Like, yeah. it feels like every alien in the series has had some beef with Saiyans at some point in time. Yeah. Well, and they, I mean, their whole thing was they spread out to conquer these planets. So I would imagine that they were fairly widespread for sure. And because of the the nature of the business that they were in, they if you saw a Saiyan, it probably wasn't going to be uh, ending well for you. That's a good point. They didn't make friends very easily, that's for sure. Right. Well, this alien, uh, the Kanasan, jumps up, rushes in, teleports behind a startled Bardock and just jabs him in the back of the neck. Uh, and then there's this really crazy odd series of events where uh, Shugesh kicks the Kanasan flat on his face on the other side of this depression that they're sitting in. But then when Tora goes to blast him, he's standing up and facing them all of a sudden. Like he just like snapped, snapped two in order to take this attack. Um, and then he sucks the energy in and turns it into some other fancy aura. It was a strip. It was just weird. It's or he was on fire. Yeah, it, yeah. He says, I, he says, I turned your destructive energy into something more tolerable. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Move not on. that tolerable. Yeah. Uh, he, he does kind of psychically talk to Bardock and tell him that he's given him the powers and he wants Bardock to see the horrors of his own end, just like the Kanasans had to. Uh, of course, Bardock just dusts this guy. Like, instant barbecue is what Sugar says. Yeah, and there was almost a really cool way of explaining some of the crazy stuff in Z where Goku just randomly has, like, telepathic abilities here. But Goku's already born, so it's not like something Bardock might have passed down to Goku. And yeah, it's... but he references it throughout the whole show. Like, I, I keep feeling like, and I've noted this several times, every time he sees Goku, he's like, huh, you sense it too, little guy. No, he doesn't. No, he's, You're the no, only he, one yeah, he's reading into that. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, and even if Bardock did give it to Goku, it still wouldn't explain all the other times, like, for instance, in Tree of Might, our last episode, where everybody seems to have telepathy. It's like Oprah with telepathy. Krillin, you yeah. get it. And Piccolo, you get it. And Church, Houtsu, who the hell, whoever the hell you are, you get it too. Like, who cares? Yeah. I also love, too, that, like, the only thing that we're privy to, as far as we know, is that this Kanasan just hit him in the back of the neck in the right spot, because they, like, they kind of do that Mortal Kombat finisher thing where they zoom in and they see, like, the uh, the bones in his neck in, like, a flash. But if that's the case, then, like, half the Z-Warriors should be psychic. Maybe that's <laughs> how they get psychic. Maybe. I, w I noted, too, and this is something that persists throughout this entire movie. That even when a Saiyan goes unconscious, their tail remains firmly wrapped around their waist. Like you would think that if they were knocked out or dead for uh, spoilers, some of them end up dead, that their tail would loosen like like that muscle would relax and it would uncoil from around their waist. But they stay wrapped up like belts in this entire movie. I feel like that's a trained Saiyan thing compared to like Gohan, because I feel like we've seen times with Gohan's tail where he gets knocked out and his tail goes limp. Hmm. But I feel like Vegeta and Nappa make a big deal out of like grabbing our tails doesn't do anything because we are trained Saiyans. Like we we beat that weakness compared to someone like Raditz, you know. I'd st I'd I'd want to go back and and see like some of these other fights regard or involving Saiyans with tails to see when they were yeah. lying s defeated at the end if their tail was just hanging all lollygagging like because oh, that dude. seems the the natural thing for a tail to do. But I agree. But you tell me like. Give me a whole series. I want all of the prequel when it comes to Dragon Ball Z. Like, I want a whole Saiyan series that follows Bardock up to this point. How cool would that be? I'll tell you this. This movie is going to get high rating on premise alone. 
in yeah. like what you're talking about. It, it's such a cool idea to have gone back and turned something that very easily could have been what it originally was in the anime, which is a couple minutes maybe of a very quick uh, visual depiction of what Frieza actually did. It wasn't a meteor. It was me. Uh, like giant dramatic reveal, dun, dun, dun. And they took the time to go and flesh some of this stuff out and it worked so freaking well. Yeah. Yeah, this would, man, can you imagine a Saiyan video game where you like get to design a Saiyan and your whole purpose is just to go out and destroy planets? It, it could be like No Man's Sky, but like way more villainous and with Saiyans. Ooh. I How wasn't with you until you said that last part. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it would just, it could just be just like No Man's Sky. All these planets populated with like random aliens and stuff, and you just go and take over planets and sell them to Frieza. Shut up and take my that. money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it could even have the fighting style from the most recent Kakarot game. I would play that for hours. Uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds really good. Speaking of fighting, we catch up with Vegeta, and he's in this small training room facing off against five Cybermen who are as strong as Raditz, right? Like, isn't that yeah. what Nappa says? And well, he just... that's the at least the, the time in which Dragon Ball Z starts, yes. But maybe back in the day, they weren't that strong. I don't know. They're cultivated and grown, so that maybe, maybe they, yeah, maybe they did some, uh, you know, GMO work on them. Is it GMO? That's true. Yeah, uh, Gen- yeah, that genetic would be GMO. modification, yeah. something or another. All right, yeah. so he just blasts them all into the walls and ceilings, and then shoots them all with finger beams. And I just have in my notes that Vegeta, as a kid, is much more badass than Goku ever was as a kid. Oh yeah, well he also has official training, like from the top, you know. Yeah, and he. He yells to get let out. Apparently he was locked in there and he's all hot under the collar about having to do all these drills and not undertaking a combat assignments. He's flanked by a tough haired Nappa who just has like a little island of black hair on the top of his head. What Vegeta says here is great. He says, man, Frieza, the day will soon be here when we won't take any more orders from you. You watch. And Nappa agrees. Bardock and crew agrees. Uh, and I think that that's a really it's a it's easy to write a foreboding line like that when so much has happened in the, the main anime before this line is written totally. chronologically, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But it is still a cool line. Yeah, I thought so too. And speaking of Frieza, we get brought right into his own little uh, spaceship where Frieza is discussing what happened on Kanasa with his cronies, Dodoria and Zarbon. So these are the first introductions of Frieza, Dodoria, and Zarbon, uh, or the Frieza Force in general, I guess, in the movies. And I don't think that they really ever come back up. I think Frieza's maybe in Fusion Reborn or one of the later movies. Uh, but most of the main villains from Dragon Ball Z don't show up in the movies at all. I think you're right until, you know, of course, Resurrection F, where like it's, it's, that's Frieza. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Resurre- not Fusion Reborn, but Resurrection F. He might be on the I same mean, combo. He might be disc. in Fusion Reborn. That's the, cause that's the one that takes place in hell with Janimba and Frieza might already be down there, but I, I don't true. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Dodoria is mentioning that the elite team uh, that they have got on multiple places is actually pretty comparable to the Saiyan teams that they're seeing now. And Zarbon's like, hey, look, that wasn't an elite. Saiyan team that was just a low class group and they all three kind of agree that like the Saiyans are becoming very powerful and Zarbon is even at the point where he's like we need to keep an eye on them because ones like Bardock and Vegeta like if they were to actually rise up and bring all these Saiyans together they could be a serious problem for us uh, and I think this is kind of where Frieza gets the idea of like okay well then let's just wipe them out yeah he says only a fool would welcome that scenario uh, and then Vegeta barges, barges in, and he exclaims that he's bored. He says, I'm bored. Uh, and he wants an assignment. And Zarbon threatens to, uh, he, well, he just threatens him a little bit. I was like, hey, what are you going to do, give him a spanking? But yeah. <laughs> um, Vegeta harumps, like he cuts his eyes over at Zarbon and kind of harumps at him. And I'm like, dude, he, he the way that he acts is like, I'll take you on right now, you pretty boy. But Vegeta, adult Vegeta, gets the crap kicked out of him the first time that he meets up with Zarbon on Namek in the anime. Yeah, but I like that Vegeta's personality is pretty through and through. Like, it doesn't matter who he meets. The only person he has ever been scared to actually fight right off the bat was Beerus. Yeah, that's true. And only so, because he'd heard the rumors, you know. I think it was his dad that his had told dad. him about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you don't piss off anybody in this entire galaxy, the one person not to do that is Beerus. Yeah. Yeah, so Frieza tells Zarbon to just give Vegeta the hardest assignment that they have. Uh, and so off he goes. He's off planet. Um, but he does tell him that he needs to mind his manners. Uh, he, he's just like, you know, maybe next time be nicer, I guess. Yeah. Well, back to Bardock, who is in the back to pod. He is all healed up or trying to get healed up. 
but the the medics that are treating him, which were the same medics that treat not treated, but I guess were there with Goku at the very beginning. Their name is Planthor and Malaka, uh, and they're like. Bardock is crazy, yo. Like he is so messed up, and and something's going on. And they're like, "There's physically, he seems fine, but like his mental patterns are messed up." And Bardock's crew shows up and is like, "Hey, we've got another mission. Is he gonna be okay?" And they say, "No, we've got some more scans we need to run." And they his teammates just kind of abandon him. Like Tor is like, "All right, cool. Well, we're gonna go get the recognition we deserve." Frieza's sending us to Planet Meat. I think is what it was called. It was. Yeah, the doctors are talking about how Bardock continually comes back uh, from his missions half dead, which kind of hints at this Senkai boost because they say that if he keeps this up, he'll be stronger than King Vegeta. So that's uh, a hint that as Saiyans recover from near death, that they their strength increases uh, incrementally, large increments. Yeah. Uh, so, but they hold him back because of this brain pattern thing. And as uh, his crew leaves to go off uh, and and capture for Frieza Planet Meat. Uh, we have baby Goku crying and Bardock's brainwaves start to act all erratic. And he begins to have this vision, a, a vision of a planet being destroyed. Um, and he thinks, he keeps saying, like you'd mentioned earlier, he keeps saying he sees it too, refer- referring to Goku. But I, I don't, I didn't like any of that. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't, Goku's just crying because he's a baby. Yeah. He sees Goku being sent to Earth, scenes of him and uh, Grandpa Gohan, a quick shot of a bloody Torah before seeing Goku as he meets Bulma for the first time and him training with Roshi and Krillin and fighting King, uh, the Demon King Piccolo. And he even says that there's something different about him um, or maybe that something's wrong because he's acting all uh, like he's not evil is what he's seeing really is all that it is he's not wrecking the earth yeah he's like he's different than us like he's not taking over he's befriending people and this is when malaka tells planthor like hey you got to get him out of the pod now something's going on with his brain and bardock says he feels like he was having a nightmare but he definitely wasn't asleep so the of course the medics were like hey just take it easy for a while and he's like take it easy i'm not wise enough to do that and this is when one of the doctors are are like well man if you weren't wise you wouldn't be alive and he just says no i'm really good at fighting which i think is totally true like there are times where i'm convinced goku got his intelligence from his father (laughs) but he also got his fighting skills from his father so there's that Right. There's two two things about this scene I did want to note. Number one is when Bardock comes out of the little pod, he poses like the naked old man in gym locker rooms where you yeah. like, <laughs> like his penis is just right in Malacca's face. And I mean, it's just unashamed. He's just full dong hanging right in front of this dude's face and he doesn't even care. He's just chit chatting like it's another Tuesday. Um, and then the second thing is Adam and I had initially sat down and found a copy of this uh, special on YouTube. And then uh, that night I went home and was watching it. And short, about this point in that particular production uh, or presentation of uh, the Bardock, the father of Goku, they, during this vision, he sees Goku black, like from Dragon Ball Super. And so I immediately text Adam and I was like, uh, this, this ain't right. There's no way that that is correct. Um, and so I ended up going and renting the official iTunes uh, copy of this particular movie And it's not in there at all. But there are websites out there who apparently watched that YouTube video. And there's one in particular, I won't say what it is, but there's one that has a list of like top 20 something things that you didn't know about Goku Black. And one of them has as a uh, uh, an entry on that list that Black's Goku Black's appearance was foretold in the visions that Bardock had in Bardock, the father of Goku. So they had watched that bootleg YouTube video and made a listicle about it. And they're wrong. Man, Bardock didn't even mention Raditz in this movie. No way he's talking about Goku Black. Yeah, it was just strange. It, it, it was an anachronic, what we- anachronistic thing that I guess somebody put in. I, it doesn't make any sense, but it's Someone not had to have right. edited that forever oh, ago yeah. and thrown it up online. And just like, I wonder, you know, who's going to see it? And now there are people out there that think that happened. That's nuts. Yep. Uh, so we, we move on, uh, Bardock begins to run down his, his intention of course is to catch up with his team on planet meat. And so he starts running down the hallway and is stopped as he hears Goku crying again. Um, and he, I guess he thought the first time he was hallucinating about his son because this time he says, Oh, thank God you're real this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right. Okay. Um, he has another vision of a planet's destruction. And again, he says, you see it somehow too, don't you? And he scans his power, um, and says average, I thought you were special, which is like, you know, this technically is the last first first and last thing that Bardock ever says to Goku is I thought you were special. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had like, in my Damn. notes I had in my notes Goku inherited the bad dad gene. 
Oh yeah, I have that somewhere in here too. <laughs> the the great part about this is he then hears the Kanasan mocking him. Like throughout the rest of the movie, we hear that one uh alien pop back up and tell him, like, hey, you know, I'm gonna show you your planet being destroyed. I'm gonna show you your end. And and he keeps doing that, and it's great. Uh and this is also where I've got noted that like he's it seems like he's convinced that his son is telepathic and he's he's definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's strange, too. You mentioned the Kanasan keeps talking to him. Up to this point in the movie so far, it's just basically a replay of what the Kanasan said to him while he was doing the weird glowy energy thing on planet Kanasa. But later on, it changes and new information, like new dialogue comes mm-hmm. up as if that Kanasan is somehow possessing Bardock or is still able to communicate to him, even though he's dead. Um, so it gets strange. That part gets weird here shortly. It does get kind of weird, but we transition over to Planet Meat, uh, where we see Bardock's team getting the absolute crap being beat out of them by Frieza's men. Uh, and I've got a funny note here where I think Torrid just looks at the screen and says, darn, darn you brutes. And I thought to myself, nah, he didn't say that. <laughs> uh, I, and, you know, it's it's funny because Dodoria is coming out and he's really like he's taken out most of the crew. The only one left is Tora. And he's telling them, like, you guys have forgotten that you're weak. And Tora's like, what are you talking about? Like, we only serve Lord Frieza. And Dodoria goes on to explain, like, you guys are getting really strong and we know it's not fair, but don't let this go to your head. But Frieza thinks you're too strong now. And he says, it's not what you've done. It's what you might have done in the future. And Tora makes a really good point. He says, well, if that's the case, then nobody is safe from Frieza, which is totally true. And Dodoria's like, nah, and kicks Tora up in the air and blows him up. So the whole team's dead now, and Dodoria will be eventually, but seems to think he's invincible for some reason. Yeah, he, Dodoria definitely brushes that line off way too quickly for his own good. I feel like if Zarbon had been there, Zarbon would have been like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, it doesn't come back to bite him in the anime in any way they're both killed by vegeta eventually not by that's true but that's true it would have been that would have been really nice for them to have hand waved that line from torah and then frieza being the one that uh ends their lives for one reason or another it almost happens in this movie when dodoria gets back and maybe that's where that line circles back uh, a little later when he goes back to frieza's presence and they say they explain to him that he's missed one it may have been then that dodoria was like oh god torah might be right i better go fix this right now (laughs) That's true, but Dodoria doesn't strike me as one that learns from his, uh, you know, issues or his his uh, failures. So, regardless, Bardock shows up. He wanted to meet up with his crew. He is there on planet Meat. The planet's totally destroyed. Even at first, he's like, "Wow, these guys wrecked without me. Like they did a great job." And I thought it was kind of weird here because he uses his scanner to find his teammates, yep. and he claims that he found their energy signatures. But I would have thought that their power levels wouldn't have registered if they had been killed or if they were just so badly injured. So instead, I like to think that maybe their scouters have GPSs in them and they've got like family mode turned on. And so they just show up on the map or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I thought that that was strange too. Or or maybe the justification was he sensed some power levels and he assumed that it was the Saiyans. But he doesn't sense every- anything. Well, what I guess you mean? you mean by the by the uh, with the scouter, the, the scouter, yeah, not yeah. not innately, yeah, yeah, because like that's he, a big thing in the show is like they recognize each other's power levels, right? Yeah, so I don't know that he saw the exact number, but maybe you know, with different levels of battle fatigue, he, there's a, a plus or minus standard deviation from what their normal power level is that he would see and be like, oh, that's just Shugesh, he's just tired. Um, and, but it's, you know, these other Frieza goons over there. I don't think he sensed his team's power at all. And I definitely don't think he sensed Dodoria's power, which is the weirder thing because we learn in Dragon Ball Z that like, it's a, it's a, a subject of, uh, curiosity that the earthlings and Goku are able to suppress their power and hide it. Right. Like yeah, they didn't know that- how to do that. He should have seen Dodoria's much higher power level because for all purposes that I could find, Dodoria was several thousand power levels higher than your average low-class Saiyan would have been. Right. Dodoria should have been like 12,000-ish when Bardock should be capping out probably around like 9,000, 8,000 here. Right, right. Well, he, so, he he does get over there and he finds his whole team is dead except for Tora, who's just barely hanging on long enough, of course, to... Uh, do do with some exposition and so he explains the situation and says that Frieza is scared of you and then promptly dies and then Bardock wipes up his blood with this piece of cloth that he takes off of Tora's I don't know arm or leg I couldn't tell and uh, it's that blood soaks all the way through that cloth 
And that's the thing that he ends up wearing on his head for the rest, for like ever. Like every yeah. other time you see Bardock, he's got this red thing on his head. I don't think I recalled until I was watching this that it was just a bloody rag that he wears so prominently I mean, all the time. I didn't remember that either, but I thought it made it really badass. Because I'm like, he's wearing that with it, like it's stained with Saiyan blood. How cool is that? He's going to have that for on his head for the rest of his life. Ooh, it's I, I get, listen, it's badass for a little while, but then it starts <laughs> to like grow things. and stink. The rest of his life is only a little while, pal. I mean, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, he would have taken me. it off the next day, but he didn't get that far. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, so Bardock uh, is then met by Dodoria's four cronies initially, and um, he ties the cloth around his head like a bandana, goes on the assault. He avoids a volley of blasts and then double axe handles. I always love a good double axe handle in DBC, but he does that. So he brings his two fists together and slams them down on this xenomorph-looking dude's head basically kills him. Um, he avoids another blast and gets another of the cronies in a full Nelson tricking, uh, the one that I have listed as the horny mulleted one into blasting his own friend because, uh, they were obscured by some smoke created by the previous blast. And then the two remaining guys charge in reassuring themselves verbally. I thought that this was a fun touch. They're like, well, we're elites and he's just a low class. This will be easy. Like they, it's like they're trying to convince themselves that they're going to win. Um, and Bardock, as he goes to meet them, is interrupted by another vision of Goku. And so he ends up in a precarious position until he just manages to avoid this killing blow by flipping his captor over into this body penetrating fist from the horny mulleted one. Uh, and then because that dude is now stuck in his now dead partner, Bardock just blasts the both of them. And that was that. It was pretty cool, but he got the crap beat out of him whenever they caught him. Um, I mean, I thought so anyways, but he, he sees another vision, it's Goku versus Vegeta, which I bet it was really weird. Cause like he is kind of aware of Goku being like an adult, you know, and he's seen these visions of him before, but Bardock definitely knows who Vegeta is. No yeah. way he's mistaking that. He had to connect the dots. Like, okay, why is Vegeta fighting my son from another planet? Like what's happening here? Yeah. It's that, that would have been a little jarring. Um, but he does manage to get out of there. Dodoria just walks up at, of course, a dramatically appropriate time, which is to say when everybody else is dead. And he catches Bardock and his entire dead crew in a big mouth beam. I love a good mouth beam. Yeah. Uh, and it leaves this big old trench in the planet, uh, blows everybody away. But he f- fails to confirm the kill. Classic Dragon Ball Z villain a mistake. Um, and he's immediately caught up to the ship uh, by Frieza. And he... We see Bardock emerge from underneath the bodies of his fallen brethren and lady, sister. Yes. And I couldn't tell if the intent here was to say, hey, look, Bardock grabbed his friends and protected himself with their bodies, or if it was more along the lines of, wow, that blast just so happened to capture everybody right there, and they all piled up. It it seemed weird. I wasn't sure what the point of that was, but hey, it happened. He's alive, and he promises to get revenge. He promises and tells his buddies, like, hey, you guys weren't low-level soldiers. You were elites. Go get them, except you're dead. And so he loads up in his ship, and uh, he heads off. But we get treated to seeing Kakarot being loaded up in his ship as well, and he's being sent to Earth. And it's really funny, because the doctor just says, we don't name them, we just send them to you. I send you to them, little buddy. Yeah, that dude sounded like Android 17 to me, too. Yeah, he kind of did. Uh, and then it is cool to note, you know, how like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Earth is uh, Earth 616. Mm-hmm. In uh, in Dragon Ball Z universe, uh, Earth is designation FX50. FX50. So All now right. you know. Is there any tie to that or is that just random? I have no idea. Gotcha. That's just what they <laughs> that's just what they call it here uh, in that in that one little three second scene. Dodoria is, uh, rejoins Frieza in Zarbon and he gets chastised for missing Bardock and he swears he saw him die. But then his Saiyan pod goes blasting by Frieza's ship. So he's like, oh, I guess I was wrong. Uh, he wants to go out there and finish him for realsies. But Frieza says there's no need to chase after the bee anymore. I've decided to go after the whole hive. If you want to get rid of weeds for good, you've got to get them by the roots. So he's going to start a blasting on planet yeah. Vegeta here. I had in my notes. Why all the analogies? Like, it's just the three of them. I know. And Frieza's just, say, just I decided like, to blow them up. Yeah. Like, Frieza's just one analogy after another. Like, just say you're going to kill them all. I don't know. It felt weird. <laughs> yeah. Don't like, worry about it, guys. I'll catch them when I blow all of them up. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Bardock is, is hearing this or maybe thinking it somehow he's, he's tapping into Frieza's mind and he knows that Frieza's headed to planet Vegeta. Uh, so, you know, that 
he he's got to figure out what to do. He's got to try and warn somebody, but we see him like landing into planet Vegeta as Kakarot is being launched off of planet Vegeta. And they have another quick moment where Bodrock is like seeing futures of DBZ basically. Like it's like all these different versions of Goku throughout the years. Um, and it's kind of weird because like he actually lands. And I, I just want to note the Saiyan space pod landing system is so freaking cool. Like they're basically giant trampolines. Um, but yes, yeah, sort of. I mean, it's a, tr- they, they absorb the impact. They don't right. send it launching back up. That would be awesome. That would be <laughs> but, cool. Yeah. I thought this was kind of funny because when Bardock lands, one of the landing folks are like, hey, we just sent your son off. If I had realized you were going to be back, then we would have waited. And he's like, oh, so that confirms it. It was him. As if he didn't literally just realize that. I don't know. It just felt weird that like this whole time he's questioning these powers that have consistently been there and been true, you know? Yeah. I it guess also- he's not privy to that, though. It also proves that the Saiyans have no kind of like aviation authority on their planet. Like they yeah. should have known Bardock was coming back in. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a good point. I, ha- I didn't even consider that. Well, this he Bardock starts to piece together some things. So he says if the if the vision of his son being sent to Earth is true, then so must their destruction of what he now realizes is planet Vegeta. And so he goes to go and tell some folks in his running animation here in this movie is terrible. It looks like he's doing the maniac dance while moving forward. It's the <laughs> yeah. silliest piece of animation in this entire movie. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, instead of like going to, I don't know, the throne room, trying to get an audience with the king, he goes to the cafeteria. I mean, he doesn't get there quite yet. Well, he's he's like falls down some stairs and has some more visions and whatnot, but he just goes to the cafeteria. You know what's funny about this is, when I were like sat down to watch this, I was kind of trying to remember the sequence of events and I could have sworn King Vegeta was in this movie and he's not. Nope. But like, I very, very much so remember a scene of Bardock telling King Vegeta that something was about to happen and King Vegeta like laughing him down. Apparently that's not a thing. So he's just in this cafeteria where all of his buddies laugh him down. Yeah. And before he gets there, he has some more visions and that was where there's this, I added dialogue from the Kanasan where it's some of the same material that he had said to him on the planet, but he also says a savior has been born, one that has the power to save the innocent people, uh, the innocents from people like Frieza and you. And I just yeah. have my notes, dang son. But it's just weird that a dead guy is able to converse even telepathically unless he's possessing Bardock or is, I don't know, downloaded himself into Bardock's brain. It doesn't make any sense. Just watch the movie. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. But you're right. He does. He stumbles right into a bar. And I have in my notes that Raditz's real dad is sitting there because he like stumbles in and knocks over this table. And a guy is sitting at that table with Raditz's hair. Uh, So sorry, Bardock. There are three female Saiyans in there as well. So in all of Dragon Ball stuff, there's you very rarely see any female Saiyans. And the only one that I think you see in combat at all is Fasha. Yeah. And I mean, in Super, you've got the other um, realities, the other, universes. the other universes. You've got like, uh, what's her name? Khalifa? Kalfa? Yeah. You had Kale and Khalifa. Yeah. Uh, Kale is the other one. So I thought that was pretty neat. Interesting side trivia note here. Apparently Fasha's eyes are purple and she is the only Saiyan that doesn't have just black eyes, including the other females here. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting thing that I found. Um, but all of these Saiyans pretty much laugh him out of the cafeteria. Like he tells them, hey, Frieza's coming. He's coming to kill us all. And I feel really bad for Bardock here because they're all just like, oh, man, look at this. Bardock's just pretending to be an elite again. Like you need to stop doing that. You know, you're low class as if they all agree. Like he's not worthy of being, a you know, middle class Saiyan or a high class Saiyan or anything like that. But also they say Bardock went and got his tail whipped and it's the end of the world. And I was like, wow. Saiyans talking about getting their tails whipped is like such an awesome, I don't know, that just means so much extra, you know? Just because they literally have tails, you mean? Yeah, it just makes it, <laughs> makes it that much funnier. <laughs> Fair enough. I also noted that it isn't until Bardock gives up on them and leaves that one of them finally mentions that he should probably be in recovery because he's an absolute bloody mess. Yeah. Like, they don't care about him until, they're, until he's just like, all right, I'll see you guys later, I guess, when you're dead. <laughs> and he stomps off all angry. And then one of them's like, hey, dude, maybe you should see a medic. That should have been the first thing any of them said to him. Yeah, but I think I think the Saiyans probably have a pretty dark sense of humor. Like, if one of their buddies showed up, I'll beat the shit. I can totally see them just laughing it off. He's got another vision of Goku on his way out. Um, and this time it's adult Goku who is conversing with him. And 
Goku says, it's not too late, Father, to be different than him. And there's this, uh, the wind carries some cherry blossoms ac- across the screen, which is, I think in Japanese culture, it that those are like a reminder of how fleeting your life is because they spring up really quickly and they're short-lived on the branches. And anyway, um, he he's not, he, he eventually ends up outside after being told by his son that he's probably a bad guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. and he, he gets to the top of this tower and decides that he's going to stop Frieza, even if he has to do so himself. And so he uh, flies up into space to confront him uh, right there in his ship. And the, the, uh, uh, I, I don't remember which one of it, it was one of the, one of the henchmen, Dory or Zarbon says that there's an intruder approaching. And then thousands of these Frieza army goons swarm out of the ship, which I think is proof of concept. We've talked about this on the Kyo cinema that, uh, for the many adding up to the more power of the one doesn't always work out um, because Bardock is just mowing these guys down. I yeah. mean, just absolutely mowing through them to get to Frieza. Absolutely. And I got to point out here, they're in space. Bardock yeah. appears to be breathing in space, which we know Saiyans can't do. So I, the only thing I can think of is the ship is within atmosphere and they just drew it very cinematically. Yeah, I mean, or I, I mean... If they are in space, and irony is that a big chunk of the holler minutes happen here, and like the sound doesn't work like that in space. Yeah, they're not really hollering. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is able to make it through like a bunch of these warriors, like you mentioned, and Frieza is seeing all of this, and he just says, I want my chair prepared. It's goofy to me. It just seems like a really goofy line. Uh, he's going to go out and handle it all. So Bardock is flying through space. He's He's probably like grappled by 30 warriors or more and he's literally dragging all of them just screaming for frieza and he is eventually able to blast all of them off but he gets immediately re-grappled still calling out for frieza frieza shows up and bardock goes into this monologue about how like you know everyone here is quitting the saiyans are no longer going to work for frieza and you know he's he's saying that frieza's lived long enough and frieza lifts his finger and we see that little like black ball of energy appear uh, Bardock goes more into how there's one last thing he wants to do and he creates a small energy ball, tosses it at Frieza and says that it's for all of the people the Saiyans have killed in his name. Uh, but Frieza expands his massive key ball and just absolutely absorbs Bardock's blast. And then, you know, Frieza does the Frieza thing and sacrifices everybody. Yeah, like I think there's this misconception that takes place in Z where you think that all the people behind Bardock are other Saiyans trying to defend the planet, but it's a bunch of Frieza's dudes and he just blasts this ball right through Bardock and them to get to the planet. So he just wipes out a huge swath of his own army uh, to take out planet Vegeta. Uh, But Bardock in the midst of disintegrating realizes that Goku will one day be the one to defeat Frieza. So he does uh, die with a smile on his face. So there's Mm -hmm. that. I got to say, too, this is probably one of my favorite scenes of anything Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, or Super. Like, when Bardock is getting disintegrated, each piece of the Saiyan armor is slowly coming off, and it just looks so cool. Like, the way they animated it was pretty neat. Yeah, and then he begins talking to Goku, and he says that you were right. And I just have in my notes, you were right, or you will be right. I don't know. This whole telepathic through time thing is confusing. Um, And then... The last thing that we uh, see for this particular scene is the bloody bandana floating on by, unharmed, I will note, um, by Frieza's Blast. It's totally fine, but it is a cool contrast um, to the the imagery of the cherry blossoms from the previous vision, I thought. Yeah, that is really cool. Uh, we see Prince Vegeta getting the call that planet Vegeta was destroyed by a large asteroid. Uh, he was out on this mission, and he's surrounded by like all these uh, dead bug-looking creatures. And uh, they are telling him that as of now, he's the only known survivor, except for, you know, like Nappa and Raditz and Turles and Vegeta's other brother that is like never mentioned. Tarbles. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but Broly. You know, yeah, there's a bunch of, we find out there's a lot of Saiyans. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. No, no worries there. Um, so the interesting thing to note here is that originally in the show, Vegeta was actually on or shown to be on Frieza's ship when Frieza's telling him that an asteroid hit planet Vegeta. So I don't know how he didn't know that Frieza didn't just go blow up his planet, but that's okay. Yeah, he seems nonplussed about it regardless. He's just like, meh, all right. And and that's it. Like he, he's, he's not shaken at all by the fact that his dad, his planet, everybody that he's ever known, dead. Yeah, that's okay. He's Prince Vegeta. 
or King Vegeta. It's hard. You know, he <laughs> probably true. should be the king now. I guess he's but. the king now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we see Gohan, uh, or Grandpa Gohan, finding Goku and deciding to adopt him and naming him Goku, and then the credits roll. Uh, it seems like the Goku in this version, though, is already the friendly version that Gohan, or that we know later. Uh, but we also are aware of the fact that in the show, Goku hit his head, which is what transformed him away from being that, like, bad child Saiyan. Right. So for holler minutes for this movie, I have 0.87. Uh, it would have been a lot higher if we counted babies crying, giant apes roaring, and Bardock wincing in pain. Like, ah, see, he's I figured been you were so counting long those. just... You know, but he's been so long just going uh, as he walks around. And I'm like, I'm not counting that. That's pain. And that's against one of the rules. But good Lord, it takes up a lot of this movie. That's funny. Well, I, I'm curious to know what you have for the Raditz scale. Um, you know, it seems like Frieza's power level could have been argued a bit. I saw some people online saying 300,000. Uh, other people were saying like, no, Frieza's base level is definitely, fi- definitely 530,000. So what do you got? That's the number I found too. Yeah, yeah I used 530. Uh, so that makes him uh, 353 and a third Raditzes, and that compares to Turles, who last uh, last movie was 200, about 200 Raditzes. And this is only Frieza's first form. We know he has like, I don't know, four more, depending on several where you're more. at in the, in the canon. Yeah, several more. Um, I didn't really have any additional trivia that I haven't already sprinkled throughout the episode. The only other thing that I thought was interesting was Akira Toriyama has come out and confirmed that Bardock is not strong enough to be considered a middle-class warrior because apparently middle-class warriors start at 10,000 power level and Nappa is kind of like the gold standard for an average middle-class warrior. Kind of interesting. I didn't know that. I did not know that either, that it was a hard line right right at 10,000. You would think that you know, it, skill might factor into that somehow too. And there was a time, I think it was a time sometime in this movie where the two attendants said something along the lines of, we may need to retest Bardock. And if it, if it was simply a matter of his power levels number, no test is involved, they scan him with a scouter. Uh, but you know, Saiyans are very, um, they're, 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 they're class-based society. And so maybe Bardock could have gone up a, a class, basically, if he had passed this test or whatever could it have. might have comprised. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'm sure that there has to be some sort of standardized test. It can't just be anybody randomly reading you. But but yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't think there's a lot of information on the Saiyan class system out there. So I definitely thought this little bit was pretty cool. Yeah, me too. So what did you think overall of uh, Bardock, the father of Goku? What would you rate this, let's say, on a scale of one to seven stars? Oh, dude, this is one of my favorites like this is a really great movie i think it stands alone super well it can be canon for like anything dragon ball really i'm giving this one a solid six out of seven same that's exactly what i have down yeah and that's the highest i've given anything it ties your score for dead zone i think you gave dead zone a six i thought i gave dead zone a highest rating or a 5.5 but i don't remember that's been several episodes ago (laughs) yeah (laughs) But yeah, it's great. I really like um, the concept of of really, like I said earlier, fleshing out something that very easily could have been a couple of lines of dialogue and nothing more. Um, it gives us a lot of lore um, for both Saiyans and for uh, Frieza's relationship with and understanding of, especially like his fear of them, his growing fear of them is addressed in this. And I thought that that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool. Uh, well, several years later, uh, you know, we've talked about some of the other appearances of Bardock. Let's talk about this one. There is a new ish. I think it came out in 2015. Uh, check me on that. Adkins. 2011. 2011. Wow. I watched it in 2015. I bet that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is named episode of Bardock and, I mean, I think we can sum this one up pretty much to say that the blast from Frieza sends him back in time instead of killing him, and he wakes up on planet Vegeta, but it is a planet Vegeta he doesn't recognize, and he is met by Lord Child, who is one of Frieza's great-great-great-great-grandfathers or ancestors, something along the lines of that, Uh, and Bardock is able to fight him off and save this small village of weird bean aliens. They kind of look like jelly beans. Uh, but in doing so, he has to obtain the Super Saiyan power, which he does somehow. And he is the one that creates the myth and the legend of the Super Saiyan because he ultimately kills Chilled, who goes back to his men and tells them, like, tell my family the beware of the golden-haired Super Saiyan. That part of it was kind of neat. The rest uh, of it... You like that part of it? See, I think that's I what did... makes me dislike it more than anything else. <laughs> 
I thought that that part was fine. The rest of it was not good. And we watched, of course, an English dub. And I don't think that there's an official English dub. I couldn't find a voice cast for it anywhere. Um, yeah, the... I ended up watching the Japanese uh, sub afterwards. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, because the English dub I found had to have been some dude named Greg in his mom's basement, like, dubbing it. it. <laughs> yeah, it was not done very well. I, I'll, I'll give you that much for sure. Um, I thought that the whoever did the English voice for Chilled did fine. Like, yeah. he sounded very much like Frieza did in Kai and Super, so a lot like Chris Ayers, but everything else was not good. It just wasn't. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of neat. I, I thought that the little throwaway line of beware the blonde super being known as a Saiyan and it, and that kind of being telephoned down the line all the way to Frieza, however many generations later was, was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, all it really did is give us a cool super, uh, animation for Dragon Ball fighters for, for Bardock. Uh, that's the best thing to come out of this movie really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was cool to have more content, I think, of Bardock, but I just didn't like sending him back in time. I didn't really like I didn't like the whole saying thing. It just felt it felt cheapened to me for some reason. I don't know why. I like the idea of it just having just been this thing that was out there. But I gotta say, I did find and I I may link it in the um episode description. I sent it to you, Adkins. There was someone else that had written like an alternate story that I would have rather have seen than this, where uh, Bardock goes and challenges King Vegeta, becomes king of the Saiyans for a week, and rebels against Frieza and wins. And I was like, that is cool. That's the what if I want to see. Yeah, and that's what this was. It was the Dragon Ball Z equivalent of a what if story. Yeah. It's, I, Apparently, I haven't watched the Marvel's what if stuff. I've heard that they're good, so... This, this isn't that. Episode of Bardock is not very good. No. And apparently it is based off of uh, Dragon Ball Heroes, which was a Japanese-only release of like a DBZ MMO. It sounds pretty cool, but um, that is my understanding where this kind of originated from. So it is not canon. It is a what-if, but it is official. Like, I think Toei Animation may have been the one that came out and actually did the uh, animation for it and all that. Akira Toriyama worked on it, so it's it's official. Yeah, and I think I will hunt down it. It, it was uh, it was serialized uh, as chapters of a manga. I think it would be cool to own that, um, but I'm not going to be looking real hard to find a copy of episode of Bardock to to watch this ever again. Yeah, are we gonna? Uh, you know, I I mean, I would guess chilled his power level. Will you want to talk about that and rat ratify it, raditzify it, raditz, um, raditz? Yeah, scale so it? I have him. He's got to be so. We have the 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 the, only, the best marker that we have is Bardock is less than ten thousand at some point in the previous movie in Father of Goku. Right. Um, we can assume that he probably gets a couple of boosts after Dodoria and after being nearly blasted to death before he wakes up in the in the past on Planet Plants, which is what Vegeta was called before v- Vegeta's Vegeta it, I guess. <laughs> um, and. So maybe he's gotten a, a bit stronger. Uh, Super Saiyan is a times 50 multiplier. So at minimum, you're talking about him being 500,000 when he goes Super Saiyan. And he pretty well manhandles Chilled at that level. So oh, yeah. Chilled has got to be somewhere below that. Or maybe Chilled is at 500,000 and Bardock is just north of that a little bit. Sure. I don't know. It's hard to tell. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Yeah, it doesn't. The fight doesn't last long. Chilled is just—he's a, a a shorter Frieza that has a, a kind of a bronze and purple palette, and it looks like he's wearing a wrestling singlet. Yeah, and his horns kind of go. Um, uh, they they have a bend in them that Frieza's don't. At least not in his base form. I think in uh, in his first form, when he gets real tall, his horns have the same bend that Chilled's does. But Chilled is definitely the least interesting member of the Frieza family. And that's saying something, given some of the other Frieza family members that we're going to see before too long. Yeah, yeah, no joke. Um, I don't know that we really need to rate that one. If you want to, we can. Uh, yeah, let's do it, just for consistency's sake. Sure. What, what would you give this one? Uh, 1.5? Yeah, I'm thinking in the ones for sure. I mean, my lowest so far has been tree of might and it's two point or no two i think it's sleeping princess and devil's castle i gave it two. um the english version i would put this below that so yeah like a one yeah or yeah I, i'll i'll stick i'll stick to one even less than 1.5 okay solid if you're going one. with one i'll give it a solid one too <laughs> the <Okay>. only redeeming <laughs> thing for ones. me is that it's got bardock in it like i really like bardock and i'll watch anything with bardock in it but I got to say, there was some really cool stuff I read about, um, I think it's called Dragon Ball Heroes, the like 
kind of fan spinoff of Dragon Ball Z, but it's got some canonical stuff in it, I think, uh, where they've included Bardock a whole bunch. And it's really cool. And I actually didn't realize it, but I had seen some footage of like Bardock and his wife talking with like a, a child Raditz. And I think his wife's holding a baby Goku. I didn't realize what it was from, but I think that's what it is from. And it really encourages me to want to go watch that series. I think it, I think it's all on YouTube, if I remember correctly. Yeah, at some point when we exhaust all of the movies, I do think that we shift over and watch some of that stuff because I've heard good things and I've yeah. not seen any of it. Um, in fact, speaking of video games, um, this this how's that for a, a segue into what we're going to talk I'm about setting next? You up. I've been podcasting for like, you know, five years now. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> so Adam and I have both kind of jumped back into some Dragon Ball Z video games. I started trying to play fighters um, and I still toy around with it, but it's a fighting game like that's all that it is and i've never had one of those hold my attention for very long uh so i did the thing that i said i was never going to do and i i downloaded dock and battle again and uh just recovered my account so i wasn't starting back over thank god uh and so i've been in that there's a bunch of there's a big campaign going on right now for dragon ball heroes characters um that that has been really uh fun to play on uh and uh, I realized, you remember when we were covering the Dragon Ball movies that there was an LR Goku and a Raleigh? Yeah. Um, and we shared the like the card art and all that. I've got that LR. I forgot that I even had it. I've got uh, all of Bardock's team, um, all of their uh, giant ape cards and all that kind of stuff. That's so, so it was cool. kind of cool just flipping through my characters and being like, oh, yeah, we covered them. Or, oh, yeah, we're going to get to that in a minute. That was, that was kind of fun. Well, I have uh, jumped into DB Legends. It is like an Android game. It may be on iOS. I don't know. It's very reminiscent of the Dragon Ball Idol game that's not official, uh, which I think some of you in the Discord said you had tried. I know Adkins and I both played it for well over a year. Uh, but yeah. the DB Legends is pretty similar to that, and I really enjoy it. It, it was very reminiscent of the old iPhone games where you had like the first-person view with a sword and a shield, and you would swipe like left and right or up and down to, to step back and forth or swipe your swords. It's like that, but with Dragon Ball characters, and there's kind of a card-stacking system that goes along with it. So it's it's pretty neat. Uh, the story is interesting. You like play your own Saiyan that's kind of stuck outside of time, and all these different people from throughout Dragon Ball time are meeting up. So if you're looking for a fun Android game, go play it. I got to say, the download file is like five gigs, so have a powerful Whoa. phone. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I've been enjoying it. I, I got to say, I really like, the more and more we watch these movies, the more and more I want to get back into a Dragon Ball Z card game. I, I remember when I was a kid playing it and loving it. And there aren't like any digital card games out there that I can find. There's like a tutorial for the current system, but that's it. Yeah, me and my buddy Heaton have been trying to get into the Dragon Ball Z card game or Dragon Ball Super card game now. And we've both bought a handful of pre-con decks that we can play, but we really like the idea of being able to kind of build our own decks. And it is impossible to find boosters in the town in which we live. Uh, so... Like one time randomly I was in Barnes and Noble, which is the only place I've ever seen him here. And there was one booster pack and I bought it and I pulled a $40 like ultra super mega mega rare card out of that thing. That's awesome. Um, and so now anytime that we're in Barnes and Noble, if there are Dragon Ball booster cards, uh, he w one will text the other and say, hey, come and get these because they only let you buy two at a time because of this whole like trading TCG madness that's going on. So if there's even if there's four and I can afford all four and want all four, I can only have two, Dang. which is frustrating. Yeah, that is frustrating. But yeah, that game is one that we've been trying to learn. It's very keyword heavy to us. And we, we aren't like newbies to games, but the little rule book that they give you in the pre-con decks doesn't seem to be very sufficient and doesn't answer all the questions that we have. But we've enjoyed kind of sitting down and, and learning how to play that system and wish we could get into it more than our city allows us to apparently right i remember the old system had a accompanying physical sword that like every deck came with and you would adjust your power level on that sword yeah. i'm pretty sure that was so yeah. that alone i was like i want trunks sword yeah this this card system works differently than that um but it is really neat and it features a lot of art and uh it delves into some of these um spin-off what-if kind of characters in it as well so that's cool um, super fun and it's just i just enjoy opening things like opening packs of cards to see what you get primarily sports stuff almost exclusively football cards but i do the same with um, dragon ball z or dragon ball super card game rather um and i watch a lot of people do that with pokemon cards on youtube i just find that um it's just 
it's just relaxing and it's kind of exciting when you get something good. Yeah, I love seeing the combos that people come up with in some of these decks for these different games. Yeah. Like it's so neat that people put together things like that. Yeah, I don't know if, if I would recommend Dock and Battle for everybody because it is a big time gotcha game. Um, but it is, I, I'm not letting it be the thing that like dominates my day. I just will play it mindlessly while I'm uh, watching something on TV, uh, you know, maybe, maybe once a day. But uh, it has been kind of cool to kind of see these new units, and that's what I want. I want to collect the the different kinds of units. So that's my that's my goal. Not to have them all because that's in, that's insane. But just to have fun collecting the ones that I can without becoming a monster about it anymore. <laughs> well, speaking of monsters, we're gonna watch a monster of a movie for our next Kyo Cinema episode because it is the first live action movie: Dragon Ball Fight Son Goku, Win Son Goku. Uh, this should be an interesting one. I think most everyone ought to be able to find it. If you Google that name, uh, you'll probably find, I think it's on YouTube, a YouTube video of it. Uh, there's like a Korean, it's all in Korean and there's English subtitles. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to this one. Like it's a retelling of the first movie we watched, uh, which was just Dragon Ball, uh, mystical adventure. It's actually the third movie we watched. I apologize. Uh, so it's a retelling of mystical adventure, but live action. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't suspect that it'll be very highly rated, but I think <laughs> that it'll be fun to watch. That's that's my official stance on it so far. So I'm not sure if we have decided yet, but this one may be a fun one to do like a uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 style episode where everyone watches it. Ooh. We hit play together and we just watch it live. What do you think about that? That could be fun. That could be fun. Let us know what Let's... you think. Tweet us at AlmightyPod on Twitter. Yeah. Hop and, in the Discord. Yeah. Tell us there. There you go. That's what you, you <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. Well, you can tell him about the iTunes review that we, we want him to leave. Yeah, do that thing that he said also. <laughs> you, keep, you keep saying the things I'm supposed to say. That's it. I'm out of here. Awesome. Well, we'll see everybody in two weeks. <laughs> see you guys. Bye.